Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Hernan Cias, host of the Business Bros podcast, where we're helping you take control of your branding, your marketing via podcasting so that you can make wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, along with my co-host, the insurance bro, James Cias, with Pipeline Insurance, still in his daytime pajamas. But hey, it's Friday. What can I say, everybody? Uh, we have an, uh, another awesome, spectacular, ready-to-go rock and roll episode for all of you. Check this out, ladies and gents. Today's guest has established himself as one of the world's leading motivational and informative speakers. His unique skill for taking complicated issues and breaking them down into simple, easy-to-understand terms is one of the reasons he is consistently receiving the highest overall speaker rating at high-profile events. With over seven years of experience conducting seminars and multi-day workshops, delivering over 300 presentations, and selling millions from stages and webinars, he's developed a unique style that simply wows audiences. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure he's going to wow you all today. In addition to speaking, our guest also spends a substantial amount of time in the real estate world where he invests in Airbnb hosting for short-term rentals. In 2019, our guest generated over $1.5 million annually in rental income. Woo-wee! That sounds amazing. His goal is to make this a financial education channel by covering principles in the business world and investing. There seems to be a massive gap in knowledge regarding financial literacy with most people. So, here to educate us from Thomas Capital, please welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Thomas. Woo! That's what up, man. Chris. Is that, First did that of intro all, catch, almost catch you out of breath, man. That was obviously <laughs> a beautiful thing, man. Really wordy, really wordy. Yo, uh, first of all, public apology. Chris is such a hustler, right? Even with COVID going on, he showed up to the studio. <laughs> we, I had to, I had to shoot him away because the wife is a little more worried than than most. But, uh, but, dude, I totally admire the hustle. I'm, I'm so again public apology. I have to make a public apology, right? But you messed I totally, up, man. I totally admire the hustle, and uh, I'm, I'm super anxious to find out how you even got into this space. Like, what's, what turns a person from uh, doing normal things to doing amazing things? You know, what turns a person from doing normal things to doing amazing things? Uh, uh, I'll tell you right now, man. There has to be some pain. You know, I tell that to everybody, you know, there has to be some pain in someone's life to make a change. Um, and I can share that with you. What, you know, what, what kind of sparked my interest to, you know, develop where I'm at today. If you'd like me to share that with your guests. Absolutely. All right. So from 2013 to 2017, I was working on a startup 
you know, a software startup. And I changed, changed companies. I pivoted like four or five times. I poured my heart and soul into this business, into this software company. And it just wasn't working. Okay. I lost a shit ton of money. Okay. I got a lot of my friends in debt who got involved with me. Uh, a lot of creditors who believed in me and it just, it fell. Um, and I was broke for five years straight, went back to my grandma's house and I was broke and I was on a couch one day and I typed in real estate. You know, I've always been fascinated with real estate and what's the fastest way to make money in real estate. And I came upon this thing called Airbnb rental arbitrage. And I saw an article by biggerpockets.com and it said, you can get started with $3,500. I didn't have $3,500. Right. And I knew in California, it wasn't no $3,500 to get a rental. All at the same time, I was dead broke. I had a negative $1,100 in my bank account. I was on my grandma sleeping on my grandma's couch in the hood, East San Diego. Right. And I was on welfare. My wits in, I, I was, I, I felt like a loser. I had a one and a half year old son at this time and just felt like a bad dad, you know, like I let everybody down. I was hurt. I saw this thing and I typed on YouTube. I said, okay, rental arbitrage. How do I get started? Boom. I had this epiphany. I know what I can do. There's one thing that, that you could take all the money away from me. You could take everything away from me. There's one thing you cannot take away from me. Just like you said in the beginning, Hernan, my hustle. No way. Nobody could take away my hustle and my ability to find ways to raise capital. So I went on LinkedIn and I said, I'm going to reach out to 500 investors in a matter of 48 hours. Okay. I was on the front of a computer for 20 hours straight, pretty much. I got uh, eight hours of sleep between the two days. Um, and I was just in front of a computer on LinkedIn, sending two liners to investors. They said real estate investors or investors saying, hey, I have this idea that can make you this amount of cash flow. I have the numbers here to represent that. Would you be interested in hearing what I got to say? Out of the hundreds of people I reached out to, 12 moved forward. They invested in about three to five properties. I made 40 grand in a matter of 27 days. It was about 38,900 something dollars I made in 27 days. And then the following month, I, I charge these people a management fee of 300 bucks per unit. I was making six figures in a matter of 27 days. I went from being dead broke to making 11K every single month like that, 27 days, man. So that's kind of the story, you know, where it started. But I'm sure you have more questions that, you know, I can answer to tell you where I'm at today and where we're going to be from amazing to incredible. Dude, that's, that's, I just want to say that's already incredible. Like right? that's already 500 awesome people story. in 48 hours. It's amazing. Dude, yeah, and I know dude. what that's like because I reach out to people on, on, on Instagram and on Facebook all the time. And you think sending little 15-second videos because I send video messages, right? So those little 15-second video messages, like 15 seconds is nothing, dude. Dude, it adds up real quick. You look back after like an hour, two hours, three hours, and you're like, that's all? That's, that's all I've gotten through so far? Like <laughs> just dealing with responses and all that stuff, it takes a lot of time. 500 people in, in two days is – Dude, that's an, a tremendous feat. Not to mention that you achieve success. There's one thing about reaching out to people. There's another thing about converting. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a lot of people who have their back against the wall right now. Um, similar to what you were, situation you were in, what pushes you to continue to do it? After one hour, people give up. After two hours, people don't even think about doing it again. You push forward not only the two days, but the 27 days to close these things. 
so your question was just to make sure I answered appropriately is, you know, what pushed me to, 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 to keep going, even though I didn't see a response instantaneously. Right. Mm -hmm. I had everything to gain and nothing to lose. I already came from a failed startup and being dead ass broke for five years. Right. What's my excuse. Right. Let me tell you at that present moment, what pushed me is being in a dark place, man. You know, it was very dark. You know, I, I couldn't provide for my son. I had, you know, some issues with, you know, the, the, the relationship I was in, it was like, this is all I had to do to make it happen. So it was that pain I felt that I had that I was like, I need to get out of this as soon as possible. And I didn't care if somebody told me, no, I'm, I've been in sales my whole life since I was 15. I've been selling fake bus passes. You know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid, you know, <laughs> I never graduated high school. I went, I don't remember the last time I went to high school. You know, I think I was like, 14. I think, you know, I just played sports. I was a phenomenal athlete, but that's off the subject. So what drove me is being at my grandma's house on a roach infested couch, having a bad relationship, not be able to provide for my son, all this bad shit that's going on. Can I cuss on here? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. All right. Sorry about that. I don't know. Some, some podcasts are, oh, excuse me. If you watch your language, sir, but, no, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> but that was it, man, is being in that dark place at that time. And I had nothing to lose. Like what was so bad? Somebody telling me, no, come on, bro. Like <laughs> that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. Right. I come, from, I come from a place, man, where if you're crying and you're a young boy, you get smacked up, you know? <laughs> so it was just seeing that. It was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta have more, you know, I believe that hard stuff I grew up with served me well during those, during those type of times. So. All right. People, people are going to be wondering, all right, you make you, in 27 days, what is it that you did exactly? What, uh, tell me a little bit more intricacy about what happens. How does somebody turn around and not put up 3,500 bucks and yet still come out, you know, almost 40 grand on top with a cash flow like that? It was actually more than 40. It was like a hundred K. Uh, it was actually, that's how I got to one, one point, but um, that's another subject. But how do we do it? Fine, furnished, and we listed the property for them. We found the properties that were cash flowing, primarily in San Diego. Most of my clients are Mexicano, and um, you know, I uh, found them properties. It was literally one referral, and I got another guy who said, hey, "I have this guy that you'd want to talk to," and it was just a firestorm from there. It was just everything was just went up, dude. I set up the property for them. We furnished the property. We listed the property on all the major uh, sites to get them booked. And then they paid us a fee, an upfront fee plus the management fee upfront, and then an ongoing fee to manage their unit for maids and maintenance and guest relations and stuff. So I furnished the unit for them, listed the unit for them, and they paid me, you know, a thousand to up to $3,500 per listing I did for them. Oh, that's nice. So did you help them find these, these places like where they had to buy them or they were already properties that were, how, how, you know, what was the partnership agreement like there? Um, it was just rentals. So we're renting to rent. We're not buying any property. This is, we're renting to rent. So we would, I would have, um, once I got a couple of units, I had a partner of mine. I hired a sales guy, make these calls to these buildings. We want to get our investors in these buildings. We'd call them to see if they'll entertain the corporate lease idea. And if they said yes, boom, we got in. We would pick up three to five units at that one building in downtown San Diego. Oh, that totally makes sense then. That's, that's cool then. Cause you're, you're, you're fronting the money up front for these landlords to have units that are no longer vacant and then you turn around and vacation them out to people who need them. Right. And then, yeah. And then, and then you manage and clean and do all that stuff. You're the middleman. You help people make money. That's a perfect that's connection. That's, that's it. You know, I just literally would just find units. Once we found the unit, it was a done deal. You know, we'd get them in and these units would be turned around within 48 hours. Our investors are making 
$1,800 a month, come on, who wouldn't in their right mind wouldn't want $1,800 per unit? Yeah. yeah. Killer. All right. Well, let me ask you this though. COVID comes in, people stop traveling, people stop going on vacation. They're locked in their homes. What happens to the, to the hospitality industry is unheard of. Hotels closing up. Vegas shuts down. Like, you know, if casinos close down, you know, it's an issue. How has that affected your business? Oh, it's affected our business tremendously. But I'll tell you one, one thing right here, right now, it's the, one of the greatest opportunities of how we got in. The thing is that now is what I'm learning as an investor is I'm learning that um, I, I've learned that, you know, with uh, scarcity. Give me a second here, okay? One yeah, second. yeah. They're making you move. Yeah, they're making you move. You know, they had to come right through this uh, particular area where it was quiet instead of just reversing their car, but that's okay. That's what we deal with. <laughs> Such uh, is life. That, no worries. So, I think this would be better for me right here anyway, so that'd be pretty cool. All right. All right, got it. Cool. Nice. All right, cool. Um, so, pretty much, COVID, how did it affect our business? Uh, we had a 90% cancellation rate. It was absolutely horrific. Um, but in the meantime, we're like, okay, you know what? One thing for that I promised to my investors is that we never take an L, right? We don't take a loss at all. So we reached out to all of our investors, you know, at that point, at this point, we're at about, we're managing over 140 units, right? So reached out to investors said, Hey, you know, I think what we can do is how about we just break even on the units instead of, um, losing money. So all of them agreed and we just broke even on all the units. And so our bookings went from like making $1,800 a month to making just enough to pay the rents and to pay for utilities and to pay for um, maids and maintenance and all that good stuff. So yeah, so lower, lower the revenue standard just to break even, just to hold over during this right. time. But and let me tell you something here. I'm glad you asked me that question, Ernie. Um, it has been one of the greatest opportunities for uh, myself. Um, this opportunity has been absurd. So many people are giving away their inventory and I'm just scooping it up. Okay. So we went on these Facebook groups and I saw that all these people were like, I, I, I'm willing to give away all my units. Please just take them. I, I can't afford this anymore. This one dude in Chicago had 30. Another one in Miami had 27. A couple had, um, an, um, a couple had eight units in Arizona. We scooped up all their units for absolutely free. Okay, check this out. And all we had to pay for was the lease, right? So what we did before we purchased the units from them and taken over the lease, we called all their, all their management companies and landlords and say, hey, I know you're not, uh, you're not in debt to these, um, um, you're not in debt right now. You don't have to pay off that debt for the mortgage is there any way that we can have a discount on the rents based on what COVID mm -hmm. so we did that due diligence before we actually made the deal with these, um, um, these individual investors. So we called on all of them and guess what? Out of all the units that we got, the 91 units that we just picked up only 11 of them are only responsible for 11 of them to pay rents. We literally just picked up free units right now. And all that we had to, on, and we're making cash flow on the units and they're fully furnished. Like it blew my mind, like it blew my mind that all the person had to do was 
make a call to their landlord and property manager, but they were scared to do that. So we did it. We signed a contract with them, put it in our company, our LLC, and now we're cash flowing on these units for free. And that's before this all blows over. Once this blows over, it's fair game. Like, oh my gosh, people are going to be dying to leave their homes and go on vacation and go out and experience the world again. And who's going to have the inventory? Right. Us. We have the inventory, you know? Um, and and that, that's the best part about this is people cannot take an L, you know, people can't take a loss. So when you initially ask me that question, you know, what makes a, what makes a, a, a an amazing, a regular business person to an amazing business person, it's be able to take an L and the temperament that you can handle during these types of situations. I hear all these hosts talking about they're losing money, losing their ass. It's because you know why? It's because they don't have good financial management skills. And if you don't have good financial management skills, your brother can contest to this. You're, you're finished. Mm-hmm. So, 100%. and that's what happened. <clears throat> so, how did you go from the Airbnb space to writing a book to talking on stage to talking to, you know, spreading a message? Like how, how did that transition happen? Can, can you repeat the question one more time so I can under, uh, re- Yeah. How did you go from becoming an investor and running, running, uh, you know, managing doors in, 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 in your LLC to getting on stage and writing a book? Like how did you make that transition to, to that space? It happened by accident, man. Um, a lot of people reached out to me on link on uh, Instagram. I only have like 700 followers on Instagram. And after I heard the message of like four or five people say, Hey, do you have a course? Do you have a book that I can read on this? Um, after hearing the live, let thrive podcast that was on. And um, I got a handful of messages on LinkedIn and they're like, have you written a book within 72 hours? I read a whole book called the short term rental riches on Amazon and on all the other uh, publication sites. Um, and I rent it with, I, I wrote it within 72 hours of how to make a shit ton of money in this business in the matter of literally days. So, um, speaking on stage, man, I, I, I've, I've been speaking since 2011. So, um, that's pretty much where I started. What, what kind of topics are you talking about on stage? I mean, it can't, is it, is it specific to Airbnb? Is it more motivational? What is it? It depends on the audience. So it truly depends on the audience. So if I'm at a real estate and REI group, a real estate investing group, guess what I'm going to talk about? Real estate. Yeah. If, I, if I'm talking to a bunch of kids, it's not about me. It's about the message that I can give to the audience I'm speaking to. If I'm talking to a bunch of professionals at Qualcomm, you know, about um, sustaining um, motivation during hard times, I'm talking motivation. Um, if I'm talking, like I said, an REI group, it's about real estate. It, it depends on the audience that I'm talking to. Um, and about the message, but primarily to answer your question directly, it's mostly about, you know, motivation and modeling business models to become successful where they're monetized. So, uh, you said you had one kid. I have a son. Yeah. You have a son. So, I mean, that, that's been a while now. Um, what is, what, what is it that you want to teach your kid as far as, you know, when it comes to education, when it comes to his, his determination, when it comes to business, we're heading into a different space. Uh, I mean, especially with like schools closed down and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and for me, it even comes down to like education is so expensive. Going to college is so expensive and it's such a long play. Like you don't even, there's a lot of courses that you end up taking that you don't actually use. You don't actually care about. I'm curious, based on your experience, what kind of things are you emphasizing to your son? And it's, and how does that also, like when you talk to a boys and girls club, like how does that message go? 
Um, well, if it's in regards to my son, um, I just have to be the standard. I'm, I'm really amazed by how much, how much parenting, it's less talking and more of actions. Your kids are looking up to your activities and what you're engaged in. That's what they're paying attention to. So directly, my son can see that I'm the, the, the standard to live up to and hopefully it surpasses me. Um, but the message that I spread to my son is the, only, the real education you need is by trial and error. You know, not, nothing out of a book will actually teach you anything besides getting your, getting your butt out there and getting your face kicked in, you know. Um, and that's really what it is. The Boys and Girls Club, most of these have come from rough areas. I'm talking, you know, Southeast San Diego, bad, bad areas, right? And the leverage that I use for them is using your lack of resources as a resource, as fuel. Everything that you're going through, I've been through, and using that as your fuel when you go into particular business. College is Moore's Law. Technology is moving so fast that when we learn something at a, at a university or institution, it's, it's, it's obsolete, mm -hmm. right? So um, I do not preach college. Um, I think it, 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 you can learn elsewhere. Um, by actually doing and finding somebody who's done it rather than spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on something that can, man, the return on investment on college is, we won't get into that. I, I have arguments with my buddy who, who went to Harvard, man, and dude, oh, it's like, <laughs> man, it's a constant argument, man. It's like, dude, it wasn't worth your time, man. Oh, or, or what you paid for it. Yeah, yes, no, I'm, I'm with you too, dude. And I'm in education myself and, and I, I struggle with that whole concept. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that the University of Google can teach you way more at the point of when you, you know, at, at what you want, as specific as you want, right? I mean, with multiple points of view. So it doesn't have to be one specific case. Like I can listen to your episode right now and get a whole vast of information about doing Airbnb stuff but then turn around and find other people who are also doing it and get their opinions and come up with my own trial and error concept and then go out there and do. Yeah. Right? That's the biggest thing is, is knowledge is only potential power. You still got to go and put it into action. Otherwise you're just, you're, you're sitting in the corner with a lot of knowledge with no, nothing to show for it. It doesn't help you any unless you go out and take action. Agree. One million percent, man. One million percent. I listened to a couple of your uh, your episodes too. I learned a shit ton from some guys that were on your your uh, podcast. Um, so you're absolutely right, man. You have opinions of uh, others, and you just make it your own. And that's what I, I I preach. And when I'm on stage, it's it's the three M: model, modify, and monetize. Okay, model somebody who's already done it, make it your own, right? And, and does this model make money? If it doesn't make money, find somebody else to model and modify it to your style. And does this model make money? It's that simple. Success leaves clues, you know? hundred percent, hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about uh, what your schedule looks like on a daily basis. Like people often wonder, you know, when they see people who are successful, what does their day look like? Is it like, I mean, are you literally working from 5 a.m. to like midnight every single day and grinding it out? Or, you know, what, what's that schedule look like for you? My schedule starts at 2.30 a.m. Okay, I'm up at 2.30 a.m. I'm in the gym. Um, this, this, this COVID, has, you know, I've lost some weight, you know, but I, I managed to find it all back. Man. So, <laughs> you know, I see, your, I see your stuff, man. You're getting it in, running miles a day. I'm like, damn, man, how does he run that many miles in under 30 minutes? Man, that's crazy, dude. But Tread, it, was, um, it was nice on the treadmill. Now it's like, and I slowing up a little bit because I got my daughter running with me, but it's still getting it in there, right? It's still a matter of doing it again, taking that yeah. action. So keep going. Yeah. You get it up at two thirty in the morning. 
Yeah, I'm up at 2.30 every day. Um, I only sleep four hours a night, man. Um, so I'm up at 2.30. My schedule's from 2.30 to 8 p.m. And then I go home and spend time with my uh, beautiful fiance and my son. So, and that's it, man. Um, 2.30 to 8 o'clock, I'm looking at deals all day. Looking at deals to invest in. Looking at, you know, um, get uh, acquire deals. That's the fastest way to business grow. So there's one thing I want people to get from this podcast. The fastest way to grow your business is to buy a business, buy somebody who already has a business or buy somebody who already has the asset and make it better. You know, that's what multifamily investors do. And that's what I do with short-term rentals. I'm buying up these, these people's in, uh, short-term rentals who can't take the L. So my, my whole day is just finding these deals and getting my investors the largest return on investment I can and myself as an investor. Hey, you, you, you come up with the opportunity, right? You see a problem where most people see a problem, you see an opportunity. That's a huge, massively, and and that's that's one of those things. Like right now, right now, people are people have their back to the wall. They're like where you were, probably getting ready to go back to that roach infested couch, right? They're they're worried about what's going to happen the next day. But you you look out into your day, you look out into your calendar, you look out out the window in the world. Do you see problems or do you see opportunities? If you're if you are literally looking at the day with nothing but negative aspects, like you have that scarcity mentality. You're, you're afraid. It's okay to have like a little bit of, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not okay to stand still in a corner, like a deer in the headlights, right? You have to do something. Even if, I mean, even if, if, even if you take action right now and you don't succeed, it's better than sitting there. At least that's a learning experience. Like you, at least you're moving in the direction of a particular goal you want to achieve. At least you're moving forward in the sense, right? I mean, What's the worst that can happen right now? You go broke, you're already there. Right. Dude. You know, that that's crazy you brought that up, dude. Cause I was just thinking that um on when was it who was I with when I was thinking that? Oh, I was with my I was talking to my buddy and he you know he's going through a hard time right now because of this virus and stuff. You know, he's out of work, you know, he's he's a high figure guy and he's out of work. You know, even people with money, you know, they have issues too, gang. Let me tell you. Um and he's like, dude, you know, I'm struggling. And when you would see a guy like me, that seems like we have it all and we're doing all these big things. And I would hate to see a person like me and hate to see, I'm like, damn it, man. I wish I was that guy right now. Why is this happening to me? Why am I, you know, why is this, what happens to, 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 to us, to me happens to all of us. Right. So I, I believe having a goal every day is just going back to the basics, man. And maybe writing down your goals every day. Like I do, I write my big time goals 10 times a day and I write my daily goals, what I need to accomplish every day, right? Every day. Um, my, my, my task I need to get into every day is that little thing. Even if it's three tasks, like you have go, go, go work out with my daughter, spend time with my kids. There's a task check, you know, show, show, show my, show my loved one love, you know, there's one business, you know, what can I do to just take one step to get into where I need to go? Right. Maybe it could be listening to the, um, the, the Biz Bros podcast, right? Something of that nature just to get it going, right? And when I look outside, I have to see problems because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. So I have to see the problem, but where can I fit in in the middle where I can fix it, right? Mm -hmm. And who can I find who's already did it? They already did it. I'm going to find them and I'm going to make it my own. 
Well, you're talking about, and you were talking about goals. Like, I don't know about you, but me personally, when I have a, like, like when I'm getting, when I'm writing my stuff out at the end of the day, getting ready for tomorrow, like there's only really like two or three things on my next day's like to-do list. There's only like, there's, there's, it's not like 50 things that I need to get done. It's only (laughs) like two or three right? But those two or three are like the most important things. Those are also oftentimes those things that I don't want to do. But once I crank them out, like it's like lifting a, a big weight off your shoulders. Like all of a sudden you've, you've accelerated your business or you've accelerated your personal life or whatever it is that you're, that you're shooting for in your goal. But it's only a couple things every single day that if you just meet those goals, if you, if you plan them ahead of time, you go to bed, you know, planning what you're going to do the next day. So it's not a surprise. Then you wake up in the morning, you attack those three, those two or three things first, crank them out. Then, you know, the rest of your day is so much easier. You're way more productive after that. Once you take on those first three, two to three battles, you're, you're it's over. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 1 million percent. I only have like five things on my task today. And if those things are done, I'm stoked, you know, you feel I, accomplished. You know, say it again. You feel accomplished. Oh, big time. If, if you don't have, how could you know, you know, here's, here's my philosophy. How do you know where you're going if you don't, if you don't have it? How do you know, um, what's the, what, what, what did my mentor tell me? He said, how do you know if you're on track if you don't keep track, right? How hmm. do you know if you're on track if you don't keep track? He asked me, he's like, hey, where's your journal? I was like, what journal? I was like, is it in the car? He's like, I was like, no, I don't have a journal. He's like, why? How do you know if you're on track if you don't keep track, right? Literally, like you said, I, if I accomplish three out of the five things, I'm pumped, mm-hmm. right? I'm feeling good. I think we beat ourselves up too much. And, you know, inactivity causes depression, so. Well, that's the beauty about having that journal, right? To me, the journal is that reflection point. This is you at the end of the day. Nobody else is reading it. You don't have to lie. It's you, right? You're, you're talking true. to yourself here. Like, do at the end of the day, did you have results or did you have excuses? Like, what, what happened here? Like, a result, even if you, <laughs> I didn't, love that. If you didn't succeed, you've attempted, you've taken action. If, if you have an excuse, well, dude, you're, you're blowing smoke up your own ass. Like, at that point, <laughs> you never achieved anything. You never took an action. You, of course, you're going to be in the same spot. An excuse means you're exactly where you were the day before. You didn't advance. You didn't go anywhere. You probably got a little bigger. You probably ate a little too much. You didn't ex- whatever it is, right? You have an excuse means you didn't do. If you have yeah. a result, you did. And you can, yeah. you can then modify, adapt, change, whatever to achieve an, another result that you want to achieve. If you didn't achieve the intended result, at least you know what not to do next time. Uh-huh. You, know, you know what they say is the person who's making excuses sound good to the person who makes them, man. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, they always sound best when I'm making them. <laughs> Yeah, I agree 1 million percent. Man, damn, man, you're passionate about that, man. Have you written a book on goals or something? No, not at all, dude. I just my journal. Dude, you should write a <laughs> you should write a book about that, man. You're passionate about goals, my guy. Dude, well, however, you know, comma. However, comma, right? That's that's we always said we're going to write that book, however, comma. No, dude, I for me it's always it's it's a consistency thing, right? And and I've always if I've ever had a superpower, it's it's that I'm going to continue to do something. Like once I commit to something, I'm doing it, right? Um, I'm yeah. going to continue every single day. Like I've committed to it. The only thing is this podcast thing is now my public venue of me doing, right? It's what you actually can see. You, you see the content go out. You see the episodes every single day. You, you literally see me doing every single day. And so you do this every day. You guys do podcasts every day. Do we do it Monday through Friday, every single day? Woo! 
during quarantine, Hernan's been going crazy. He's been doing like three, sometimes four podcasts a day. Dude, it's been nuts. Damn, dude, that's commitment, bro. Damn, dude. I gotta give it to you, man. That's that's awesome. I don't know you guys are doing this every day. My guy thought it was like a Monday through Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing. No, no, Monday Monday through Friday. So I can't say every day. So I do Saturday, Sunday, we are we're off, right? Gotta give the family that time. But uh but yeah, Monday through Friday, dude. That's so, his superpower, that consistency. Yeah, that's it. Hell it's yeah. annoying as hell. Shit, dude. Dang. And you guys are putting it on like iTunes and all the all the distribution stuff. Everything, as well? dude. Everything. No. It goes way. out. It goes out. <clears throat> what, you, but, what service are you guys using it for that? I heard it. There's one that distributes all of them to one. Is it Sprout? What is it called? There's a bunch of them, dude. There's there's like Libsyn, there's Anchor FM, there's Buzzsprout, there's uh, Buzzsprout, Blueberry. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of different platforms, yeah, that that do that for you. And what's the uh, best one? Um, it depends. I mean, each of them offers different features. Like if you're like super broke and you just want to get started, use anchor FM. It's free. It distributes. It allows you to sponsor. If you want to pay a little bit more for like some analytics and additional services, I like Libsyn. Libsyn's one that, that I talk to a lot of podcasters that they use. So, I mean, it just depends on what you want to do. Like we are, are, we host our own. So we take our RSS feed and we, we planted it everywhere we want it to go. But the reason why we host our own is because if I pay a monthly service for some of these other platforms, it's based on volume and we want to like pour as many episodes as possible. So if that's the case, I'd be paying a lot per month. So instead we just pay for our own server, pay for our own hosting and we can pump out as much as we want. Oh, nice. You guys use AWS for your server? Uh, Bluehost. Oh, nice. Tight. All right. Sweet, dude. Awesome. Yeah. And, and dude, it's all a matter of, like, I, I, like I keep saying right now is the time for you to be productive, right? So if my productivity is on putting a message out there and constantly putting contact out there so that I have a trusted brand so that people know, like, and trust me, that's what I'm doing. That's where I'm spending my time. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, looking for investment properties, people who have vacancies right now is the time we're going to be, you might not get as many vacancies right now, but if you're building relationships with landlords who will have vacancies once this COVID thing ends, you're just opening more doors. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, and that's, that's what it's all about. Just stay the course, stay consistent on what it is you do. You're going to get to wherever you want to go. Agreed. One million percent. Agreed. One million percent. Right now is the time we're, we're finding a lot of vacancies. People are really just handing over their businesses. And you know, a guy like me can take a cut. I can take an L on, you know, 30 K a month, you know, for three months. That's, you know, at this point in my, in my life, you know, I can take an L for, 30 days or for 90 days, knowing that after this 90 day, you know, pandemic, I'm about to fuck, I'm about to crush it, you know? So your cash flow is going to go way up, dude, man, 30 units, bro, at $1,100 average profit per unit, do the math, dude. You know, Mm -hmm. I make that back that L back in the matter of you know three months and the contract is that's for, I think 18 more months left in the agreement. So, and it's fully furnished. So, it's a win. Right, That's, That's what we call a win. win. A big win. That's what Warren Buffett does. Look what Warren Buffett's doing right now, man. He's buying aircrafts, dude. Warren Buffett's buying aircrafts, buying casinos, buying <laughs> – buying hotel chains dude everybody who needs cash that's the that's the thing right now everybody who needs cash and if you have cash guess what you get your pick of the litter yeah exactly and you know you know if and mr warren buffett's doing it chris thomas can do it as well and hernan can do it as well that's right hey man thank you again for coming on the show today and again apologize for doing the whole live thing <laughs> it's all good man it's a, it's a crazy time right now. And, uh, like, like I said, dude, I, I'm going to keep an eye on you. Um, love what you're putting out there. 
um, and just keep keep crushing it, bro. Keep sending that that positive message. Uh, financial literacy, dude, is scarce. Like the, the fact that people don't understand their own personal finances, that don't understand the difference between short term and, and long term investments. I mean, there's there's a scary time coming around the corner for people who are aging into retirement and our younger crowd. Like I teach 17 year old kids high school. I teach, I teach high school in the morning and I teach a course called financial algebra. And it's scary to see some of these, some of these youngsters, um, not so much what they don't know. It's because it's perpetuated from what they were taught, right? It's what they see at home. And if we can help them just get a little more educated on this stuff, like just a little heads up when they experience life, they're going to have that little knowledge in the back of their head of, oh, wait, I've seen this before or, oh, wait, I know where to get the information. And that is crucial to me. That's more valuable in college. Where can I get the answer to me is more valuable than go pay for an answer. You know, what's crazy about that. Let me touch on that real quick before I run. So, you know, I go to these rough neighborhoods and the kids are super, you know, financially uneducated, man. Like 99.9% of them don't even know how, to <laughs> how to make money. They think only a job. Let me touch on something. I was in Beverly Hills and I spoke to a Jewish community of kids, right? About short-term rentals. And these kids knew how to, how to manage a checkbook. These kids are 14 years old, dude. Know how to manage a checkbook. Know how, know that it's four to one for every dollar, right? Four to one, which means if you have a million dollars, you have $4 million. Where are you going to get the other three from, right? Of course, the bank, they know this at 14. You know, it, 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 how do I say it? The disparity of lack of education is it's out there, but you also have to seek it. You know, we can't mm-hmm. be the savior for everybody. These, these people that, that grew up where I grew up, they don't know it's out there. They think it's this way and only this way based on what they've experienced, right? Based on what they've seen every day. It's like my dad does this or my mom does this. That's what they know and that's what they see. I'm, I, I, was, I was that guy too right? My whole family's on welfare, right? Was on welfare, right? And that's how I grew up was government assistance on, on, on EBT, right? And that's all I knew was at the middle of the month, we're going to be broke, right? It's sugar, water, and, and, and bread, right? And butter bread, right? So it was, it was really bad. That's all I knew until, you know, somebody handed me a financial education book and it just sat there for years until I start seeing all these young dudes that were successful. Like, how are they doing it? And I would just start seeking clues. And, I, and that's where I became where I'm at today, man, is, you know, I was on the path to, to being that guy, you know, locked up. I was in juvenile hall for half of my young adulthood. You know, I was on the path to, to the same African-American male, you know, going on that path because I wasn't educated, you know, and I thought that was the only way. I go to these other communities and these are the kids I was jealous of, but you know what? the kids that are like in the national city in East San Diego and all these other, you know, neighborhoods that are, you know, kind of rough, you can learn from these kids who come from wealth, you know, and these kids from wealth have a, a huge competitive advantage financially, you know, they're coming from money and they're financially educated. And you asked me one of the questions about college and about what am I training my kid? That's exactly it. I want my, my son to have a, an absolute advantage over, um, you know, starting off on, on, on at least on third base so he can hit the home run faster because I didn't have those tools. And um, it blew my mind when I, when I did this speech at, you know, this community. It, it, her and I was, almost, I was almost in tears, man, because these, these kids just knew so much, dude. 
It's a, it's crazy, dude. But, but here's the thing. Here's the beautiful thing. All of them now have this guy right here. Yeah. Every single one of them has that. And if, if you can continue to send your me- spread your message, like just tell people what it is that you're doing. It doesn't have to be motivational, just instructional. If you can be motivational, even better. But just continue to tell people what you do. Show people the success that you're having, how you're achieving that success. That's what the beauty of podcasting is. Like literally I get to share with everybody, people like you and what you're doing, the things that I'm doing on a regular basis, the thing that all the different guests are doing because there's some kid, there's somebody out there that's, that is in a position where they finally hear it and that message resonates with them at that time. Because I could be talking to a 17-year-old kid right now till they're blue in the face and they're not going to care a single thing. But you know what? Next month, they're in a different situation. They hear a different message. And all of a sudden, that day, it clicks, right? Let me me touch on that real quick. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, you know, especially, you know, for, for, for these youngsters out there, man. I tell everybody, you know, they ask me, why did you start on YouTube? Why did you get on Instagram? I barely started social media in October of last year, right? I was busy building units and building a business, right? Um, and they asked me, why did you start YouTube? Or why did you do all this? Because most people are, are on YouTube that are in my space, the rental arbitrage space, the, you know, the short-term rental space are boring, right? They don't have no swag. They, people that are, come from where I come from, that it won't resonate with them, right? I didn't resonate with Warren Buffett when I was 17. I didn't resonate with um, a, a Grant Cardone. Or I didn't resonate with people who kind of didn't grow up how I grew up. But if I come in and I saw the guy, what, what, what was his name? Uh, Jay Morrison. I saw Jay Morrison when I was a young guy, when I was like 17 years old. And I was like, actually, I was 19. And I saw this guy about real estate. And I, it, it resonated with me because he grew up how I grew up. He, uh, he experienced success and it resonated. I couldn't understand Warren Buffett. And that's why I started my, 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 my journey to get on YouTube and to get on social and to get on these podcasts so that people that are kind of like me and how I grew up, a person can listen to me and say, Hey, you know what? He grew up how I grew up. I know I can take something from him because if he could do it, I could do I it could do even it. better. That's right. That's right. And that's what it's about. Like if you do that, if you do that, you're leaving a legacy behind and it might not be anybody, you know, then you may never meet them ever in your life. But I like to think that because of what I did, I've inspired somebody to, to do better. Like that Tupac saying, right? I'm not going to change the world, but I'm going to inspire the mind of the person who will. And that's, that's what I kind of feel like doing. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know if I'm going to change the world, but I can, I hope I put out so much content that somebody, somebody, it clicks for them and they change the world, right? They make a difference. And that's all we can do. It's a butterfly effect. Be positive, Absolutely. help, because you never know who you're helping. You just never know. I agree. One, one, I agree 100%, man. And um, there's always somebody out there that needs something. So, and I know I was, I was that guy just about two and a half years ago, or two, and, two years ago, you know, <clears throat> I was broke then and I didn't know what to do, how to do it. Well, Chris, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, you know, reach out, find your stuff on, on social, how do they get a hold of you? Well, I know that your brother had an issue finding me, James, man. That was my bad, man. We got to, I got to step it up, man. It's Get Chris Thomas. Everything's Get Chris Thomas on Twitter, Facebook, IG, anywhere. Search it. Anywhere you want to search. TikTok. I just started TikTok a couple weeks ago. It's Get Chris Thomas. G-E-T, Chris Thomas. Find me everywhere. Telling you, man, I'm taking over the game on this rental arbitrage. You know, all these guys, all these guys out here, they're saying they're the kings and all this stuff. They got nothing on Chris. Not notching, man. Notching on me. Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> all right, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time, man. All right, man. Hey, take care. Thanks for thanks for the fight. All right, guys. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 